and welcome to Pandemic Mama, the podcast that brings you honest conversations about having a baby during COVID-19 times. I'm Irena Gonzalez, a journalist, new mom, and your host. This is episode 11, and today I'm talking with Caitlin, a new mom and reading specialist in Northern Illinois. We're going to get into how a third trimester scare forced her to slow down at work, how difficult it is when things don't work out as we'd planned, and the grief of having a baby during the pandemic. Plus, how fun it was to not know the sex of the baby before they were born. So stay tuned after the break. But first, if you want to connect with fellow parents going through the craziness of having a baby in 2020 and into 2021, please join the Pandemic Mama Podcast Facebook group by searching for Pandemic Mama Podcast or heading to facebook.com slash groups slash Pandemic Mama Pod. Thanks. Here today with Caitlin. She is a reading specialist in Northern Illinois and also a first-time mom. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, partially because you had your baby just a few days before I had Rio, which is you know really fun because we're both kind of first-time moms going through pretty much the same timeline. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, I remember listening to your first podcast and I was making dinner while I was listening to it. And when I was done, I went out to my husband and I was like, oh my goodness, Kev, like this lady went through like all the same stuff that I did with the same timeline. And I was like so emotional because I'm just like, okay, I'm finally not alone, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really why I started the podcast is so we can have conversations like this and know that we're not alone because I think that that feeling of loneliness and just feeling like we're going through the hardship of having a baby in a pandemic is just so isolating and really hard for, I know a lot of us moms. So um, the first question I wanted to ask you, which is what I always start off with, is where were you when the pandemic started in March? Um, So I was at home. I was actually on my maternity leave. Um, I had to start my maternity leave a lot earlier than I anticipated because of some complications with the pregnancy. Um, So I was just hanging out at home and I was finishing up my second master's degree. And, you know, we started hearing about Corona, obviously, and everything that was going on. And we just kind of started stocking up on everything we could from food for us and trying to find diapers and wipes, which were very scarce at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So just trying to get, you know, all of those things, because I was thinking that I would make it a little closer to my due date, which was April 13th. And then that did not happen. So, um, so yeah, I was just at home writing really long papers, trying to finish up and trying to support my substitute who was covering for my maternity leave and helping her try to navigate virtual learning, which I had also never done before. (laughs) 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 So, you know, just trying to do a lot of problem solving at home when we first heard about it. And then my husband was still going to work every day like normal um, because he hadn't heard to do anything differently. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, that must have been so hard, especially because you had to pivot to, you know, online learning and also helping someone through online learning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very confusing. The nice part, though, is that because um, I was still teaching fifth grade at the time. And so my team 
it was extremely supportive and we're all very close friends. So I was able to constantly be doing Google meets with them and figuring out, you know, how we were going to make it work for our kids. And I was actually at the time too, I was also finishing up a big research project where my kids were the ones I was doing the research on. So I was trying to gather data from them (laughs) to finish my research, but it was virtual. So it was, it was just kind of, um, a little bit of a mess, but you know, we figured it out and it was crazy because I finished my giant research paper I had to do to to graduate. I finished it the day before I went into labor. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, I know. It was like a 65 page paper I finished the day before. So it was kind of like, I think my body just knew (laughs) that I was done and like that the baby could come now. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh my God. That is, I mean, that is really, really lucky. I did not unfortunately (laughs) do that. Um, I mean, I was just like working, but I had I remember my maternity leave person um, start like the week before. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I was supposed to have another week with her where we would like hand stuff off slowly. And then right. I went into labor on like a Sunday night and I was like, oh, yeah. okay, I guess I'm not coming into work this week. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. It's really crazy when, especially for me, like I'm so type A and I'm such a planner and like mm-hmm. the whole seven last weeks of my pregnancy, just like threw all of that out the window. <laughs> so. so tell me what happened um, in those seven weeks, because you said you ended up taking maternity leave early. So can you tell me about that? Yeah. So um, it was a Sunday and we were playing D&D at our house with some friends <laughs> and I was just like uncomfortable the whole time. And mm-hmm. I figured I like I'm pregnant. I'm going to be uncomfortable, like sitting here, you know, playing this game for hours. Um, and then that night I was just in like a lot of pain. And I, my husband and I were like, oh, I'm probably just like gassy. You know, we don't know. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so many things that like happen to your body. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So that was Saturday. And then Sunday I got up and this was back in February. So we could still mm-hmm. do things. So I met a friend for breakfast. Um, I went grocery shopping. Like I was, you know, going about my life. And the whole time I was like in pain, but I was like, ah, you know, whatever, not a big deal. So I went all day Sunday. And then Monday morning, I was at work and one of my friends who had just had a baby in October stopped by my classroom. And she's like, you look kind of weird. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel really off. And she's like, well, just, you know, describe your pain to me. And Mm -hmm. I did. And she goes, yeah, no, you know, as someone who was just pregnant, that doesn't sound normal. (laughs) You should probably call your doctor. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. But, you know, as a teacher, you know, back when teaching was normal, you can't just like get on your phone and make phone calls during the day because you're with kids all day. Mm -hmm. Um, So I found like a quick five minutes when I didn't have kids that I I called and they were like, yeah, you should really come in. And I said, okay, I will. But like, I'm already at work. Like I got kids the rest of the day. Like I'll just come after work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of like got through my day sitting and in pain. And when I got there, so I was 33 weeks at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I got there and they checked and they're like, you're dilated and like your mucus plug is coming out. And I'm like, what? Oh <laughs> No. And they were like, yeah, we're going to hook you up and just like, check baby out and see what's going on. So they hook me up and they're like, 
okay, so your contractions are 10 minutes apart. So we're going to need you to head over to the hospital. Oh my God. And wow. like, I don't know. I'm like a first time mom, obviously. So I'm just like, oh, okay. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm just going to go over to the hospital. We're going to check things out. So I go over there and I tell my husband, he's still at work. I was like, just so you know, like they're making me go to the hospital. I'm sure it's not a big deal, but like you can come if you want. And he's like, oh yeah, (laughs) I'll come after work. So I go and while the nurse, my husband gets there and while the nurse is taking all my information, she's like, you know, student in training or whatever. Mm. Um, (laughs) And her, the like nurse that was with her was like, you got to wrap up these questions. You got to wrap them up now. And I'm like, what? Why? And she's like, um, yeah, because your contractions are like five minutes apart. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no way. And then so my husband's like, okay, well, I'll just go home and like let the dogs out and I'll come back. And so while he's home letting the dogs out, they let me know. They're like, we need to stop your contractions now or else this baby is going to come. But we're going to prepare for the baby to be here. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to stay for a couple more days because you are in full preterm labor. And it is way too early. And so I call my husband who thought he was just going to like let the dogs out and stay at home. I was like, you might want to come back to the hospital. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. Um, Yeah. So I ended up staying there for about three days of them trying to stop the labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked from the hospital the whole time because I'm like this, you know, it's 10 o'clock on a Monday night. I have to make sub plans. Like I have to do all this stuff. I have to rearrange my lesson plans. I've got, you know, and mm-hmm. it's so funny because my doctor came in and he's like, work, like there's no kids in here. What do you mean work? <laughs> <laughs> um, which is funny now because everything's virtual. But also it's just one of those things. It's like I don't think people realize like how much teachers have to do outside mm-hmm. of the school day. Like I think sometimes they think we just show up and we teach the kids and we leave. And that's just like so far from the truth. Yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. so much outside work. So, yeah. So I was – after I got over the preterm labor, um, I went back to work and I thought everything was going to be fine, um, but it wasn't. And I work with a really tough student population and mm-hmm. I just like pour my heart and soul into them. And I think I kind of reached a breaking point to where like I was putting them before myself and my baby and preterm labor kind of showed me that. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's hard to know if I still would have gone into preterm labor had it not been for my work environment and my stress level because of that. Um, and I guess we'll never know. But like deep down in my gut, I do think that has a big part to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went back to work. I lasted one more week and then I had an appointment. Um And I was like 34 weeks and some change at that appointment. And we got to talking and they kind of decided it was best for me to just start my maternity leave early because like my baby was going to fall out. Like every time I walked, I was like, oh, my God, like this kid is going to fall out of me right now. (laughs) Um, So like even trying to go like down to the basement to do laundry, like I would get contractions just going up and down the stairs. So I really had to kind of like it was a reality check for me for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So then I ended up, you know, having to start 
that early, which then I had to, there was about like a week where school was still normal. So I was on the phone with my long-term sub every day, like, okay, we need to do this, this, and this, and this kid needs this. And Mm -hmm. then it got switched to virtual. So then I had to kind of keep coaching her through everything, even though I didn't know what I was doing either. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was kind of like the blind leading the blind a little bit, but Mm -hmm. you know, we made it work, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, preterm labor was in the moment I was kind of just like, ah, whatever, because I have such bad anxieties that when bad things happen, mm-hmm. I just kind of like roll with it because I'm always like prepared for the worst. But it wasn't until <laughs> afterwards that I was like, holy shit, like that was kind of scary, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally relate about having the anxiety and then like when bad things happen, you're kind of like, oh, it'll be fine right? Or, because right. usually it's like all the bad stuff is in your head, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't actually happen. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this definitely seems like one of those cases of your body like forcing you to slow down literally. Yeah. God, that's so crazy. So um, so how was it then taking care of yourself, you know, through that third trimester because you kind of got this wake up call with the preterm labor? Yeah, it was for me, it was really hard because I am such just like go, go, go all the time. Like (laughs) if I don't have something to work on, like I will stress about it. If I have downtime, I will stress about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, yeah, part of it was like a little bit nice because I was so tired because I wasn't sleeping at night. Um, So it was kind of nice to nap during the day because (laughs) I was up from like probably midnight to 5 a.m. every night because baby was awake and I was Mm -hmm. uncomfortable and I couldn't sleep. Um, So, you know, there were parts of it that was a little bit nice and it was taking place before things were like completely on lockdown and people were totally paranoid. So it was a little bit of a nice, you know, vacation. Um, But it was, it was hard because you just... I felt very helpless. And for the first time, it was like, okay, this baby is in charge of me now. Like, I have Mm -hmm. to listen to what baby is telling me because, and I didn't know, we were surprised. I didn't know if it was a girl or a boy. So I always said they because I didn't know. Um, But I was just like, you know, whatever this baby is, like, they are telling me, like, I need to chill out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, it was it was quite a wake up call for sure. Yeah. So did your doctor put you on bed rest or anything like that? Um, It was just more of like a modified bed rest. Like Mm. I couldn't not move, obviously. um, But um, my doctor and the nurse practitioner were like, you just need to be careful. And at first I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. But then once I started realizing that like walking around the house, I was having contractions again, like Mm. like full contractions. I was like, okay, maybe I do need to like Mm. calm down because – Like, I really don't want to be putting my baby in danger because I'm being stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So was there anything specific that you did to kind of force yourself to slow down at that time? Um, I wouldn't say anything that I like forced myself to do, but like the fact that I had so much grad school homework did help because like I had to be sitting down for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and my husband, like, oh my gosh, my husband is such a saint. He like was so nurturing and so good about like, you can't be cleaning the whole house. You can't be doing (laughs) 10 loads of laundry. You can't be doing all the dishes. Like you Mm -hmm. need to just relax. And in my mind, I would be like, okay, whatever. And you know, I did still obviously clean the house and everything. But once I started getting contractions while I was trying to do those things, it was like, okay, I need to sit down for a little bit. Um, And then obviously like our animals, 
I love them so much. They were super helpful and they're, we have two cats and two dogs. And so like Mm -hmm. my dogs were like very, just like, so about me the whole pregnancy and just wanted to like cuddle me and like be around me. So, you know, when they're cuddling you on the couch, it's like, okay, I can, I can stay here a little bit longer. So yeah. Yeah. And reading. I did a lot of reading too. Really? (laughs) Is there anything um, that you particularly love or would recommend in terms of reading? Um, I'm kind of all over the place with my reading. I, because for me, like I love thrillers, but like as a reading specialist, I'm always like, I need to branch out and I need to read other genres, like all the things I tell my (laughs) kids, you know? So, um, I do always try to spice it up a little bit and do like some fantasy and then like a professional book. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say like during that time though, like during that time period where I was on this weird maternity leave, but didn't have a baby, I was Mm -hmm. reading a lot of just like books for fun that I didn't get to because I'm constantly like refilling my book wish list. Um, So I was just reading a lot of fun books because I, you know, being in grad school, I was like, I don't want to read a professional book right now. Like I have to do that for homework. So like whenever Mm -hmm. I wasn't writing my paper, I was just reading um, just a lot of like books for fun, which was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find myself like slowly getting back to that because I think that when I was in my third trimester, I was like trying to read some, you know, books to prepare for the fourth trimester and just like stuff about babies. And then now I'm like, okay, like I sort of figured out my baby a little bit. So maybe I can read for fun a little bit. Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a back and forth. Um, Mm -hmm. But so, so how far did you end up making it in your pregnancy? Um, so I had my baby, I had Grayson, I was, um, 37 weeks and a couple days, probably like three days. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it wasn't super early, but it was definitely earlier than like we had prepared for. Mm. Um, but you know, it worked out and I just, it's part of his story, you know, and it, it, it happened the way it happened for a reason. So when you went into labor, how was that? Um, it was actually pretty normal. I was just at home and I was reading actually. And all of a sudden I was like, huh, that's a weird feeling. (laughs) And so I texted, um, my best friend who had had a baby in August. And I was like, Hey, what does it feel like when your water breaks? (laughs) And she's like, well, I don't know because I was induced. So Uh, like what, what's happening? And I described it and she was like, Oh my God, Caitlin, call your doctor. And I was like, okay, I will, but like, I'm going to jump in the shower first. Cause I just have a feeling that like, this is the real deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I kind of took my time, maybe a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so like I showered and like got on like, you know, like a cute, not a cute outfit, but something that was like presentable and called and went in and they checked and she, and my nurse practitioner, oh my God, she's amazing. Like she, her and my doctor, honestly, like you would never guess that they're doctors. Like they are just the most genuine, real people and they tell it like it is. And I so much appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, and she's like, okay, open up. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. And she's like, oh my God, girl, there, you, there, you are leaking everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, yeah, no, like it's, it's time. You're going to go have this baby and I was like okay cool so and I (laughs) and um 
And I go, but do I have time to run home first? Because, like, I don't have anything with me. My husband's at work. And she was like, oh, fine. Because I don't live that far. I live 10, mm-hmm. you know, we live 10 minutes from the hospital. She's uh, okay. And she's like, yeah, but just, you know, maybe put some pep in your step. And I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I meet, I meet my husband at home. And obviously, like, we're, it, we're complete opposites, which is why we work. Like, my bag mm-hmm. is packed. It's ready to go. I have my whole checklist. I've got all of our documentation and he mm-hmm. has nothing. <laughs> so I'm like coaching him through what to pack because he's a guy and all he can think is like, ah, we're having a baby. Like guys don't multitask at all. At least yeah. my husband doesn't <laughs> like, he can't think of more than he tells me. He's like, if one box is open, all the other ones are shut. I don't have room for anything, any other box to be open. So like if the Mm. we're having a baby box is open, there's no room for anything else to process. (laughs) (laughs) So I like coached him through what to pack and we showed up and yeah, we got checked in and, um, oh, actually I was supposed to have a job interview that day too. I totally forgot about that. So I (laughs) was supposed to interview for, um, an instructional coaching position to coach, uh, teachers. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I had to, um, my goal is that I was going to do it. I was at the hospital and I talked to my doctor and I was like, listen, I have this interview at 3 p.m. Like, how do you think I'm going to be by three? (laughs) (laughs) And he was just like, oh, my God, because he knows I'm just so extra with that stuff. And he was like, you are insane. And he was like, but, you know, if you want to do it, like, we'll hold up a white sheet behind you. Just bring it. Do you have a blazer you brought with you? Like, we can make this happen. And I was fully going to do it. Um, I was totally going to do this interview, but it was already 11 a.m. And my contractions were pretty strong. And he was like, but I'm going to be honest, like, you're probably going to be getting your epidural around 2.33. I don't think you're going to make it longer than that. So, like, uh, you might, you might want to reschedule this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But my mind was like, no, they're not going to hire me if I reschedule it. But I emailed right. them and they were totally understanding. And I was able to reschedule my my job interview <laughs> so that I could have a baby. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was just like, you know, it, it was pretty normal labor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So it sounds like the drama was more getting there, right? Yeah, just like getting there and getting like everything set up. And um, yeah, I just, you know, normal labor and I pushed for 31 minutes and then he was here. And I will say that like being surprised about the sex of the baby was like the absolute coolest thing I think I've ever experienced. Like not knowing what I was going to have and then just like having him coming out and seeing him. It was so cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really sweet. How did you find out? Like, did someone tell you or did you just see that it was a boy? Well, I looked right away. Like, I think I just like naturally looked to see like, okay, what parts does it have? You know, (laughs) because I wanted to know. So like I knew, but I was just like in such a zone that I couldn't like get the words out that it was a boy. Mm -hmm. Um, It took my husband a little bit longer because he was like holding my leg and like trying to help me and and, um so the doctor had to actually like tell him like it's a boy hold him (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I saw right away (laughs) okay (laughs) 
That's funny. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, it's it's funny that you say that because I totally remember that feeling of like when my baby was born and, you know, like placed on my chest and everything. And I like don't remember anything else. Yeah. Like it was such a weird feeling. I like couldn't talk. I like could, like all I could do was like stare yes. at the baby and I like couldn't process anything. And I remember this like really funny moment when like 20 minutes after I had the baby, I was like, oh, what about the placenta? Because I'd read that, yeah. you know, you have to give birth to that too. And the doctor, my husband looked at me like we already did that part and I was like what yeah. we did <laughs> they were like, it is it's like you just like are so tunnel vision on like this yeah. and like nothing even ma- like afterwards I remember a couple days later I was like wait do I have stitches like <laughs> what right. you know right. and my husband Kev is like yeah he did it like right there and I'm like oh my god like I wasn't even watching that he mm-hmm. was still down like in between my legs for 20 minutes like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah 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 I remember it's, it's just such a weird like feeling and like so so much so much of it phase and yeah it's just yeah. It's a crazy time I think it's very yeah. crazy and I so think, how- too, that, like, I'm very fortunate that um, I was able to do all of this before they put in, like, higher restrictions on, right. like, who could be there. Because that was our big fear is that my husband wasn't going to be able to be there. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, me too. Um, really fortunate. Although I we had actually hired a doula kind of last minute in February. Oh, yeah. And then she couldn't be there. So we were oh, like, no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my husband ended up texting with her throughout the day, which was a huge mm-hmm. help. But you know, and you know, my mom is in town and that kind of thing. So but yeah. Um, so how was your hospital stay actually like? Um, it was fine. I would say like, cause I gave birth at um, 1221 a.m. So it was kind of weird mm-hmm. because it was like, I don't know. It was it was weird because it was like the very first start of a day. So we actually weren't there that long. Like I gave birth oh. on Friday and we went home on Saturday the next oh, day. Oh, wow. But I think mm-hmm. it's because I like had him like right at the start of mm-hmm. Friday. So mm-hmm. I, our first night, I guess, um, it was fine. I think like the thing that got me the most is I gave birth at 1221 and then by 3.30 a.m. they're like, okay, here's your lactation consultant. Now you need to wake him up and we need to burp at him and here's breastfeeding and da 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 and, and like giving me paperwork about breastfeeding and all this mm-hmm. stuff and I was just so like I can't even process this right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, I, mean- I he's tired I'm tired can you please just leave us alone and they're like nope he needs to eat he needs to eat and da, da, da. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah yeah oh god yeah that's yeah. really stressful I remember um because I gave birth at like 6 26 p.m yeah but I remember just like being starving at that point, you know, because mm-hmm. they've been in labor so long. And right. yeah, uh, just like th- there's so much that they try to bombard you with. And yeah, I mean, you're just so tired after I giving know. birth. It's, it's crazy <laughs> that they try to do that. Yeah. And I just like, man, like big shout out to the nurses. Oh my God. Like I can't say enough good things about Mm -hmm. how amazing the nurses were. Like the fact that they like carried me to the bathroom after I gave birth and like, (laughs) you know, and like helped Mm -hmm. me walk when I couldn't feel my legs. And like, it's just, it's so messy. Oh my goodness. Like everything. I can't imagine doing that for someone I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like they were just so phenomenal and so helpful. Um, And I mean, like, yeah, there were, I, I would say the most stressful part was just the breastfeeding because, like, it just was not working for us. We could not get in a groove. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not working out. And then there was another point where 
it was like he was 24 hours old and he was finally sleeping and they came in and they're like, okay, we need to draw blood. And they like pricked his heel and we're trying to get blood out. And Mm -hmm. like, it took like an hour to get this blood out. And yeah. So I would say like those things were stressful. Um, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, the nurses were amazing. Like it, it, they were so great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a that's a big thing that I've been hearing is that everyone's kind of saying how the nurses like really stepped up. I think because so many of us like weren't able to have other support there. I mean, you yes. know, our, for the most part, I think our partners have been able to be at, at most births. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like a lot of us would have had our parents or sisters or right, doulas or right. whatever there. And like none of those people could be there to help us. So it's, yeah. it's been really nice to hear from everyone <laughs> good experiences with nurses. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, well, after coming home with the baby, like, what was that experience like? Um, cause you know, you basically came home at the same time, roughly as I did when she yeah. was like pretty much in the beginning of the lockdown. Yeah. Oh man. I don't know. It's, it's so weird to think back and think that that was only like, what, like seven, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I just, Oh my God. And I'm going to try not to get emotional because it just like it, it was so amazing, but it also just like really mentally messed me up a lot. Mm -hmm. If I'm Mm going to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know if you felt this way or if other like first time moms felt this way, but like the, just the timing, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder like, Oh, if I had, you know, if I had my baby in the summer, I would have felt different. And who knows? I don't know. And I can't change it, obviously. But like, Mm -hmm. it was just, it was wild. Like the crazy, irrational emotions that Mm -hmm. I went through. And um, I don't know how much of it I would have struggled with as much had it not been for this pandemic, you know? Right. Right. Um, I remember like there was, <clears throat> I want to say I was two weeks postpartum and I've, and I'll like, I very much struggled with baby blues for sure. I mm-hmm. think that would have happened regardless. Um, but there was like legit one day where I could not stop crying. Like mm-hmm. I just cried and cried and cried. And I was like, Oh my God, like, my baby doesn't like, I don't deserve my baby, you know, like I will never be good enough for him. He's just like this amazing, like human being and I'll never be good enough. And then it's, and then it like, um, spiraled into like, I'll never be a good enough wife. And there was legit like one day where I told Kev, I was like, I'm going to leave. And he goes, what? what are you talking about? I was like, I will never be good enough for either of you. Like, I think I just need to leave. Like I need to, I need to go. And he's like, uh-huh. what do you mean? Where are you, what are you talking about? I was like, I think I need to find a hotel and just like stay there because I'm not, I'm not helpful here. Like I'm not good enough and da da da. Um, well, and we struggled so much too with like the breastfeeding thing mm-hmm. and, um, my baby Grayson was born super tiny and lost a ton of weight in those first few days. Um, And we actually ended up back in the hospital when he was four days old Mm. because he was like so little that his body temperature had majorly dropped um, and they like couldn't get his body temperature back up. And so like, I don't know, there was just all this 
like guilt that I kept putting on myself. And then we have zero help on top of that. Like you can't, and you're tired, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can't call up reinforcements to be like, can you please just come over for a couple hours so I can, you know, do whatever. Um, And I was trying to navigate pumping because I ended up exclusively pumping. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to do that every three hours to like keep the supply up. So it's like, even when I could finally sleep, I would sleep for an hour and be like, okay, I got to pump again because my baby Mm -hmm. needs food, you know? Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, it's like, this really amazing thing. Like you have this amazing human that you made and they're just like perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It was, it was really, really wild. Um, And like I said, I don't know if it would have been as intense had it not been for the pandemic. Like Mm -hmm. we like both sets of grandparents for us are um, 15 minutes away from us, which is perfect in and I, you know, in the real world, but (laughs) (laughs) so like if they could have come over and helped had it have made a difference in like my mental health and how I handled everything, like, I don't know. And I never will know. Um, but I, I, did it make it harder? Yeah, I think it did for Mm -hmm. sure. So, yeah. So did you end up talking to your doctor or anyone about the feelings you were having? Um, so I scheduled some extra therapy sessions with my therapist, Um, just because like we have, I I've been going to the same girl for five years. And so we have like Mm -hmm. a really good relationship. And so for me, it was like, I feel more comfortable talking to her versus a medical doctor. Okay. Um, Just because I don't know. I was kind of nervous that if I called my doctor, they were going to be like, okay, well, you know, maybe think about going on meds. And that's something Mm. that my therapist and I have really been trying to avoid for years because we have made so much progress with my anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I just scheduled some extra virtual sessions with her and I was like, I just, I need your help. And I need to know that these are normal new mom feelings. Cause like I'm all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she definitely really helped and is still helping me through, Mm -hmm. um, kind of like, just some not PTSD because it's not that, but just helping me through a lot of like leftover feelings that have just trickled over into recent feelings from that mm. time. Can you explain that a little bit? Like what kind of feelings were you having? So I guess like, and it's funny because I just had a session with her the other night and she kind of explained it that like she has seen me kind of go through all the stages of grief almost, um, Mm -hmm. from the timing of having grease in, I would say like the first four weeks postpartum were the worst just because like I did have baby blues so, so bad. Mm -hmm. And I was just like crying and didn't know why. And just those feelings of like, never going to be good enough. Like I'll never be a good enough mom and I don't deserve him. It was just a lot of that spiraling over and over. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it also like, you know, once we got into May and June and it started to spiral into that anxiety of like, well, what am I going to be able to do? Like, we can't Mm -hmm. do anything. We can't go anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I remember one morning in May, my husband, because my husband's been working in person this whole time. He got Mm -hmm. three weeks paternity leave and then he was back. Mm. Um, So he's been back since mid-April every single day. And there was one morning in May, I was like sitting there pumping and Grayson was like hanging out and he's like, okay, bye. And says bye to me. And I just like totally lost it. And I started sobbing and he was like, 
okay, (laughs) I got to go, but like, what's going on? And I was like, I want to go to work too. Like I want to go somewhere. Like I want to do something. And I think for me being so serious about my professional life for so long Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out an identity as a mom and being on maternity leave, I I truly felt like a piece of me was missing Mm -hmm. by not working. Mm -hmm. Um, And knowing that it was going to last for so long, like knowing that it was going to go all the way through summer, because usually I teach summer school. Well, they weren't Mm -hmm. doing that because of COVID. Right. So like knowing that that wasn't even an option and I was just going to be alone for, you know, four to five months and, um, and obviously, like, I made it through and I, I started to feel better once we got into July. But May and June were just hard because it's like, there's only so many walks we can go on. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I can't bring them to the store because I'm too paranoid. And yeah. there's only so much we can do. And when they're little, too, it's like, like, I'm, you know. The teacher in me is like, I have this whole board on Pinterest and I have all the activities we can do. And like, mm-hmm. I would legit make lesson plans for like what we would do over the summer. <laughs> but when they're a month and a half old, it's like, mm-hmm. what can you do with them? But me, I overthink everything. So I'm like, okay, well, we're going to read from this time to this time and da da da. So yeah, it was just like, a, I don't know. I can't even describe it. I will say though, that the plus side to this is that I got Grayson on a schedule very early. Mm -hmm. Um, I think had we had help with grandparents and friends, I might not have had him on a schedule so soon. Um, Mm -hmm. But it it actually worked out to have him on a pretty strict schedule at a month old and then go from there. Wow. Um, And I know that, you know, a lot of, and everyone, you know, does things differently, but like for me, I kind of needed that Mm -hmm. for my own sanity. and I think it it worked out nicely. And now he like knows his schedule and he's like a very content baby, I think, because of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, there were definitely like good, th- good, positive things, too, that happened because of the situation. Yeah, like to, <laughs> I could relate to like everything you just said, like 100 percent. But yeah. as, as a fellow type A mom, um, <laughs> like I definitely like struggled with like getting uh my baby he kind of like didn't really want to do a schedule and uh-huh. it's gotten a lot better now and we actually we sleep trained him around four months which i think really yeah. helped um yeah, but he's still sure. like not a great napper and like it really like messes me up because even now when i'm trying to work i'm just like oh god is this nap gonna be like 35 right. minutes or an hour <laughs> or two hours and it's just yeah, like yeah. it's so tough because it's you know as as you found out like those of us who are big planners it's like so difficult to plan when you know your baby just kind of also does their own thing sometimes and it's just like oh god I can't plan for everything and it's so hard yeah yeah for sure yeah that does definitely kind of throw a wrench in things and we're the same way we're like we sleep trained Grayson again very early like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like way soon like looking back I was kind of a I was really psychotic about something (laughs) I really wish I could have been more relaxed but I think that's part of it too is it's like we were so alone. Mm -hmm. So you don't have moms to bond with or talk to or hang out with. And everyone in the online community who's a first time mom is just as paranoid as you are because Mm -hmm. none of us know Mm -hmm. any better. Um, You know, and 
And so that makes it hard too. And it's like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to like worry about everything all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we sleep trained pretty early too. Uh, I want to say, so I read baby wise and I used, Mm -hmm. I used baby wise, which was amazing. And we started implementing that around like four or five weeks Mm -hmm. when he was about four or five weeks old. Um, and so like, he's a great night sleeper. Like he sleeps for almost 12 hours at night and has for a long time, probably since he was like three months old. Um, Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Well, it it started at like eight hour stretches and then nine, Mm -hmm. you know, once we started doing the training at night, but he's the same with naps where like, he's such like a busybody and like has to be involved and like, (laughs) you know, and and just like wants to play and like do all this Mm -hmm. stuff. So same with his naps. Like I put him down and like, it could be an hour, but it might only be 30 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. It's like, okay, what do I need to get done in this 30 minutes? And it's, oh my God, it's so much easier now that I'm not pumping, but Mm -hmm. when I was pumping, was like everything also had to revolve around my pumping schedule and yeah, so <laughs> yeah. uh. um and so it was like okay well he's napping so let me try to squeeze in like my really quick pump but then mm-hmm. sometimes that takes longer than you think it's going to so yeah my Grayson's the same way with naps where it's a little bit like he has his nap times, but it's unpredictable how long they're going to actually last. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Same mm-hmm. thing here. Like we just had an hour long nap, which like for the past two weeks, his, his first nap of the day has been 35 minutes. So we were like pleasantly surprised, right? but you know, I was like, Oh, this, that's, this is great. Like, yes. and then, you know, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. God, I, I gotta say, I am so impressed by anyone who exclusively pumps because I, hated pumping so much it was like <laughs> the worst i mean so i um we also struggled with with breastfeeding and yeah. and our baby losing weight and we actually ended up supplementing with formula a little bit in the beginning and yeah. then um i had like virtual lactation consultations that were just like oh, you know nice. super awkward because it's like you're on camera and right. like you know it's just like so weird um but my, you know, the lactation consultant like asked me to pump more and I really tried so hard and mm-hmm. I just like couldn't stand it at the end of the day. I just yeah. like could not fathom it. So like, <laughs> and, and now like I'm fine with it. I ended up like, I was totally one of those like moms that was like, I'm never going to like, like give my baby formula. Like it's going to be exclusively breastfed. Like it's going to be great. And mm-hmm. then like, you know, when things actually happen, because what do we know before we actually have kids? Right. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we ended up being like, like I, like pumping wasn't working very well and it turned out like I have a you know supply issue so like we got to a good place where like you know like now he's still breastfeeding but you know he only breastfeeds like at night and in the morning Mm -hmm. and then he gets formula the rest of the time and it really took a lot of time for me to like be okay with it but yeah it's it's uh, like a weird pride thing right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're like this is the only thing like the boobs are supposed to do right like they're not actually for anything but this and then you know it just doesn't always work or doesn't always work the way you think it will and it's hard yeah and that's how I was too. And it, we also had to start supplementing formula so early mm-hmm. because um, he got down to four pounds, 13 ounces. Oh gosh. Like, wow. Right after he was born. And the pediatrician was like, I understand like he gets your breast milk, but like he's, we got to bulk him up basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Um, so we also had to start supplementing early and my supply was also low. And I don't know if that's because I did exclusively pump because, mm. or like, I, I don't know if we would have, you know, nursed had it been higher. Um, 
I don't know. Or it's just because I'm a very anxious person. And so I think like my stress level probably didn't help. But yeah, once I got in a groove, like it was fine. And but mm-hmm. my husband, again, is so amazing. And he kept saying, like, I know you don't like doing this. But like, I I promise you that I think you're so amazing for doing this. And like, Aww. Grayson thinks you're amazing. And like, the fact that you can provide him food is just so amazing. Like he was so encouraging. And, um, it was funny because like, I always, you know, you always have one side that makes a lot more milk than the other side. And so yeah. for, for me, like my left side was always slacking and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is so inappropriate. I'm so sorry. But like, at no, night, it's totally <laughs> true. Totally true. Um, when, at night when I'd be pumping, he would get down to my left boob and be like, come on, lefty, you can do it, you know, and like, give it a pet talk. So like, he was so good about it. Um, but I think I, I finally got to a point, especially being back at work and pump. I mean, it was fi- actually like pumping and virtual teaching. It, it actually was really great for me because you mm-hmm. can do it on camera and the kids don't even know <laughs> Where in person. You obviously can't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I kind of got to a point where it was like, I know he's happy with formula. He's because even when I was pumping, he still got at least one bottle of formula a day, if not two, depending Mm -hmm. on how much I made. And I was like, you know, me being a happy mom at this point is more important than Mm -hmm. providing Mm -hmm. food. Um, So I weaned when he was six months old. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really glad I did, actually, (laughs) because I feel so much better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's such a common story. And I think that we Mm -hmm. don't talk about that enough because you only hear that like after someone shares their own story, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's so hard. And it's true. Like, I I mean, I haven't weaned yet. um, But I'm like thinking more and more about it because I'm just like, I mean, there's not really a reason not to, you know, and it's just like, yeah, it's taking up time. It's not too much time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely if I was pumping, I'm sure I would have weaned a long time ago. (laughs) So especially because like just getting sleep during the night is just so crucial. Yeah. And I kind of gave up pumping in the middle of the night, like way Mm -hmm. earlier than I probably should have. But for (laughs) me, it was like. I'm home with Grayson all day long. I need mm-hmm. to be the best mom possible, which for me means sleeping for like a seven hour stretch. So yeah, same. It mm-hmm. kind of took priority at that point. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I kind of joke about it, but it's true. I think like sleep is probably have been my number one self care since becoming a mom because I'm just yeah. like if I if I haven't got a, had a good night's sleep or if I can't take a nap like when I really need a nap like I'm just not a happy camper with right, anyone. Right. So yeah. Um, it sounds like your husband has been a really amazing support though. I love that. He is. He really is. I am just so beyond blessed and so lucky to have him. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very lucky that we were um, friends for years before we started dating, <laughs> which I think for us, it really built like a very solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so now, I mean, we're just truly like best friends and oh, that's I'm, so I'm, I'm very, I'm very lucky to have yeah. them. <laughs> um, so the tough part of this question is, you know, obviously he, it's great to have our partners be there for mm-hmm. us. Um, but have you been able to find other support outside of your partner? Yeah, I, so I have a very, like my best, best friend, she was my maid of honor. Um, mm-hmm. she had her baby back in August. So, you know, there's, there's a gap there, but it's still close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, that she still remembers all the experiences and she has definitely been my rock for sure. Like 
I'm always questioning things, especially in the beginning when I was freaking out and I was like, I don't think we read enough today. And I don't think we did enough today. And she would be like, oh my God, Caitlin, he's two weeks old. Like all he <laughs> do is like love him and feed him like, and change mm-hmm. like that. J- just survive, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But we're, we're both very anxious people and, um, but we work very well together. So like, she has definitely been my rock for sure. Um, grandparents have been a huge help mm-hmm. for us. Um, we gave up a little bit early on when they were allowed to see Grayson. Cause we got to a point where we were at his six week appointment and I kind of flat out asked the doctor, like, how bad would it be if he saw grandparents, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and he was like, well, Honestly, he's got just as high of a chance catching COVID here at this appointment as he does seeing the grandparents, like, Mm -hmm. you know, so, and I mean, it was very small at first, like we made sure that they came over separately and they wore masks and they had to wear like fresh clothes and they had to sanitize and wash hands. Mm -hmm. And it was in very short spurts, like maybe for 20 minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. But then by about May and June, it was like, all right, you can watch them a little longer. And then Mm -hmm. now, you know, they help out whenever needed. So they are just like a huge, huge help. And then I would say too, um, our daycare lady, oh my God, I can't say enough good about her. She's our, I'm so lucky. I found the daycare that I did. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I actually worked with her daughter and we're very similar. So when I am like, what do I need to be doing at home to work on this and this and this? And so she knows (laughs) how to calm me down (laughs) and let me know that everything's okay. So she has just been, she, she, it's so, so great. So yeah, those support systems have, um, been really, really nice. Even, you know, if it had to be virtual, it's still nice to know that you have people there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's definitely true for sure. Um, I think the hardship is sort of what you were saying earlier though, is that we don't have a lot of like new mom friends, you know, like, I mean, obviously you have your best friend, which is great, Yeah, but yeah, like I'm definitely missing out. And I know a lot of us are on like having, you know, the mommy groups and like the breastfeeding classes and like all that kind of stuff that, you know, means that we didn't really, like, I still don't really have any, any like close friends that had babies at the same time that I did. Right. Just like tough. Cause yeah, Yeah. like I'm I'm still, what you just said about reading. I'm like, Oh God, my baby's like almost eight months old. Like, am I reading enough? I know. Like you stress about so much. And I remember, um, you mentioned on a podcast, you were like, you know, he's seven months old and he doesn't have teeth. And like, I don't know what's wrong. And I was like, oh my God, mine too. Like I worry all the time since three months old, he's Mm -hmm. been drooling everywhere and there's Mm -hmm. no teeth yet. And I don't know what to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I know. know. It's hard when, and to to like not compare and Mm -hmm. not be worried because you don't know what you're doing and you, and yeah, you just, the, the support isn't the same. And like, we're not meant to be doing this alone. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, for the most part we are, and yeah, it's just, it's been kind of a whirlwind of the last eight months for sure. Um, I think I'm finally getting to a point now where I've reached like acceptance. Um, and it was Mm -hmm. because of my husband again, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) all sad one night because of, you know, how Grayson's birth worked out and da da da. Cause I go through waves about it. Um, mm-hmm. and I probably shouldn't dwell on it as much as I do, but for whatever reason I do. And he was, and he just made a good point and he goes, but this is his story. Like, this is mm-hmm. just part of his story. And he goes, I wouldn't change it at all. Like, this is just Grayson's story. And when he grows up, we get to tell him about this. And 
I guess too, I just need to remember that like, I'll never be challenged with something I won't be able to handle. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a reason that me and and you were, you know, challenged with something like this. And yeah, um, yeah I just, I'm kind of finally reaching like that acceptance point after, mm-hmm. you know, eight months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, you know, what you said earlier about what your therapist said about grieving, I think yeah. that's so true. I think like all of us, you know, really everyone going through the pandemic, which is literally everyone in the world, but especially those of us who are experiencing something so unique and, mm-hmm. and you know, insane in a lot of ways, like yeah. having a kid during this time, like we are grieving, like we're grieving for all the things that we wanted, that we mm-hmm. thought were going to happen, that we wanted, like how we wanted things to work out or, or what we planned for even, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm sure you did too. Like I planned for, you know, seeing my friends and introducing my parents to the baby like early on and, yeah. you know, getting newborn photos, which we couldn't do. And just like yep. all the, all the, all the little things that, you know, maybe on their own don't mean tons, but I think together, like kind of do add up to what we want in life. And then, you know, all of those plans are changed or canceled. And there is a very, very deep grief process through that. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good point. It's like, you know, like you said on their own, it doesn't seem like such a big deal, but then you start adding it up and yeah, it, it really is a lot, especially when you're experiencing it for the first time. And I think too, it's like that identity shift of being Mm -hmm. a mom now um, Mm -hmm. in itself is a lot. And so doing it during a crazy time. And, and I think for me too, I kind of go through all this stuff about like, you know, well, we don't know how long at first it it was, you know, oh, we just need to flatten the curve. And so it wasn't that bad. And then as things Mm -hmm. keep going on, it's like, okay, well, how long is it going to be? And selfishly, I think, how is this going to affect Grayson? Like, Mm -hmm. is he going to have to do kindergarten virtually? Is he going to get to go to kindergarten? Is he going to get to go to preschool? Like, I selfishly think about those things, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, it's just, I, or I remember one time back in May, I was like, he's not going to know how to act in Target. I'm never going to be able to bring him to Target. He's right. not going to know how to act in public. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to set up like a pretend store in our basement and like go through the expectations of how mm-hmm. you act. Like, that's where my mind goes about these things, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, you know, there is kind of like that sense of loss. Like, I, it's funny because I was at the grocery store yesterday, and I, I'm the same way as you. Like, I still am too paranoid to bring the baby there. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I saw a mom who had like a much older baby like he was maybe like two and you know he was like in those little carts like sitting right on like you know like one of those pillows that you buy so that the baby can be comfortable right and I was just like like a part of me was just like oh like I want to do that like I yeah. wish I could like bring my baby and like obviously like you know I just like he's also smaller and I just like I'm not comfortable, but there was like a big part of me that was just like, oh, like that looks so sweet, you know, like the mom was chopping and the baby's just kind of sitting there and having fun. And it was sad. It was really sad for me. Yeah, it is kind of sad too. And I think like we got to a point where I would say it was probably about September um, Mm -hmm. where we kind of gave up on being as careful (laughs) as Mm -hmm. we were. And I mean, like we're not in an area where things are super crazy. We're um, about Mm -hmm. an hour and a half outside of Chicago. So not too, too bad, but we kind of got to a point where we were like, 
we have to just take the precautions and do what we can. Um, but we have brought him places and like, he does go to swim class, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, it's, it gives us a little bit of normal. It's kind of a pain in the ass because like, you're not allowed to have a parent there to help you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I always feel like an idiot. Cause like I'm wet and he's wet and we're like walking to the car wet. <laughs> they don't let you change the baby in the swim place because of COVID. Like, it's right. Really bad, right. But, yeah. But I'm like, at least like, for that half hour we're in the pool, we get to just do a little bit of normal for mm-hmm. a while, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I would say like we've loosened up for sure um, on things just because I've kind of gotten to a point where like I need to still make sure that like I'm happy and he's happy and, but it's hard. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we definitely did that too. And then I feel like now we're actually pulling back a little just because numbers are rising and we're kind of like, like don't know what to do. And like the holidays are coming up and like, you know, you want all the like fun family photos and stuff like that, but also like don't want anyone to get sick. And it's just uh, such a nightmare really. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think about what you were saying too, like, like I have no idea when this is going to go back to normal or if Mm -hmm. it will. And like, what is it going to look like? Um, I will say the one thing that kind of, helps me get through it is just thinking about how um and this is something i read in i believe like emily oster's expecting better but I, I've, I've heard it in other or i've read it in other books too that like in the first couple years of life like babies really just need to be able to like connect to their caregivers and like yeah. the one-on-one is really the most important thing so like sometimes i also am like oh my god he he's never seen another baby like he doesn't know what another right? baby is but at the same time it's like okay socializing like they don't really need that until they're like two or, you know, three. So I'm just like, like, that calms me down a little bit. You know, I'm just like, all right, (laughs) we have to be in this, like, you know, if there's no vaccine for like another year, we'll be okay. Like, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, that's, I go through that too. And I actually even asked um, daycare last week because Mm -hmm. um, he's only going a couple days this week because, you know, we have off for Thanksgiving and I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, so while we're off and I have him at home, you know, what do I need to be working on? And I have these activities planned and they're so funny because they know how I am and they were like, okay, well, you can work on this and this, but just remember that like, he just, he just needs your love. (laughs) Like he just needs you to love him. And I think, you know, but we do, we get so wrapped up in, in that. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, that like he needs to be social. And I think too, for me, the masks like freak me out for his development. Cause I'm like, he needs mm-hmm. to see faces. Like he has to, you know, see people and the set and whatever. And, um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it freaks me out a little bit, but I know. I, I mean, know. it'll be maybe, okay. <laughs> it will, it will. Um, it'll be interesting though. Cause I'm sure, you know, there will be studies about how yeah. babies growing up today, like fair in the future. Cause I mean, it's true. Like the masks are so necessary for safety, but they, right. I mean, babies also need to read social cues on our faces. So it is kind of tough in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even for the older kids too, because um, we are teaching remotely, mm-hmm. but I do see students on Fridays um, for a couple hours. So mm-hmm. since I'm a reading specialist, I work with our like neediest readers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so funny because I'm trying to teach phonics and I'm wearing this mask and they're just looking uh, at me yeah. like, <laughs> and I'm like, buh, and they're just looking <laughs> at me like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's tough. You know, and I'm like, oh, wait, duh, I have this mask on my face, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's hard, especially for people like us who are, are such planners and like to think ahead and 
all those rules are kind of just out the window right now. <laughs> I know. I know. It's funny because I like I knew that having a baby would like force me to go with the flow. But I think having a baby in a pandemic has like really forced it, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I do want to ask one last question that I ask everybody, which is what's keeping you, you sane right now. And what I mean by that is, you know, it can be a person, it can be a thing, it can be like a routine, like really anything. But I think that, you know, in today's craziness, like we really need so much help um, just trying to stay sane as, as new parents. Yeah. Um, I would say like, obviously my husband is a huge support. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. He balances me out for sure. Um, definitely like increased therapy sessions mm-hmm. um, has been super helpful. Like when I first started therapy, I didn't realize how helpful it would be. <laughs> Um, and I've kind of had to take a step back and put my pride aside and like learn to know when I have to reach out for help and ask for help. Mm -hmm. Um, so that has really helped my sanity. And I think too, like, obviously like I love my baby so, so much, but when he goes to bed and my husband and I get like an hour of just time to ourselves, um, to just be a couple again mm-hmm. has definitely helped my sanity um, for sure. Cause we're, we're really big into, or I don't know, we're just into anything nerdy. And so being <laughs> able to just like have an hour where we can like watch a show in mm-hmm. peace and have it be just us for a little bit um, has been a huge help. And um, I think putting like taking my nervous energy and putting it into planning things for Grayson to do on the weekends is helpful too. Like, Mm -hmm. because for me, like I need something to work towards and to help my sanity. And since I'm done with school for a while, because I was in grad school for so long, um, (laughs) it's like, okay, well, I could put my energy into work and I can put it into, you know, planning things for him. So Mm -hmm. for me, just keeping busy, I think definitely. Yeah, my sanity. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely feel that. Um, I remember even just like when I was pregnant in the second trimester, I was like so anxious about everything that I like channeled all that energy into the baby's room, and I was like done with yeah, you know, (laughs) the nursery like so early. And I remember being like, "Shit, now what do I do?" Because like I need something to do. Yeah, um, that that's definitely continued. But um, I love what you said too about you know having that hour as a couple because that's definitely something that has helped us a lot. Like honestly, that's like been the biggest blessing of sleep training so early is that like we do have time at the end of the day whether we do couple time or alone time like it's Mm -hmm. so helpful yes I think it's it's very much it's needed for sure because Mm -hmm. like when we're with Grayson like we're such a team you know what I mean which is Mm -hmm. really great um but then I think we need to at least I do I need to remember that like okay but at the end of the day like you are also my husband and yeah so in a relationship like a you know a loving romantic relationship on top Mm -hmm. of being partners um so yeah having that time has been really really nice and I agree that's the great part about sleep training is like he's down in the crib by 7 30 so we get like a good hour hour and a half to which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank you so, so much for doing this. It was really, really great to talk to you. Yes. Thank you so much. This has been, I feel like this has been really healing and nice for me to like get this out there and just um, let people know that, you you know, you're not alone and doing this is crazy (laughs) during the pandemic. I 
absolutely love talking with Caitlin. I could relate to so much of her story. Not only did we have our babies at around the same time at the beginning of the pandemic in March, but we also went through a lot of the same feelings of the baby blues and just feeling that we're not good enough as moms and as wives. It's so stressful to have a baby at any point of time. But I think that right now, one of the reasons I really started this podcast is just wanting to create this feeling that we're not alone, even though the truth is that many of us are alone. I mean, many of us, myself included, are just sitting in our homes, doing our best to take care of our babies and really struggling with a lot of those feelings of isolation and loneliness. And, you know, the baby blues come and it's just so true that there is so much grief surrounding this period and there's the grief of not having a village the way we were promised, not being able to see our families or our friends the way we hope to. And all of that, I think, compounds so much into those really intense feelings of just not being good enough. I mean, I've struggled with those feelings probably for the majority of my life and it's honestly one of the things that probably drives my anxiety so I can't really speak for Caitlin in that sense but I could just all I could do when she was talking was sit here and nod my head because all of those feelings of just not being good enough for the people you love are something that I could deeply deeply relate to and I don't think I'm the only one because just through conversations with other friends who have had kids or are partnered up those are definitely feelings that we've all experienced from time to time and I think that they're especially difficult right now when there's not a lot of people that we can even rely on to talk about these difficult feelings so I'm really happy that Caitlin was able to open up and I think that a lot of you myself included will definitely relate to that part of her story. I also could really relate and to be honest thought it was so sweet that her and her husband Kevin have been able to spend more time together now that they've sleep trained their baby Grayson. I mean sleep training is definitely one of the best things that my husband Adam and I ever did. Right after Rio turned four months old we just took a week off work and did it and I totally agree with Caitlin that just getting some of that time back so that you can be a couple or even have some alone time is just so very valuable to remembering who you are as, you know, as people and not just as parents or as a team taking care of a baby. So thank you, Caitlin, for that insight. I think a lot of you will definitely find that helpful. And as always, remember, you're not alone. Tune in next week for another honest conversation about the challenges and joys of being a pandemic mama. In the meantime, feel free to email me with your pandemic parenting questions at pandemicmamapod at gmail.com. Plus, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at pandemicmamapod for more updates. Also, I would really appreciate your ratings and reviews. As a new podcast, this is one of the best ways to get the word out about these stories. So please scroll down in your favorite podcast app, rate us five stars, and share a comment. Thank you. Pandemic Mama Pod is produced and hosted by me, Irina Gonzalez, with art by Chaotic Coco, music by FM underscore free music on SoundCloud, and editing by the best of husbands and best of men. I'll talk to you soon. So stay sane and stay safe, especially during this holiday season. Bye.